the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Lifeline with Craig Roberts. He's the host of Northern California's longest-running conservative talk show. He's a man with a message, a conservative with compassion. He's Lifeline's own Craig Roberts. Good afternoon to you. Last day of the month of March here on the 31st at five minutes after the hour of 5 p.m. And Craig Roberts with a quick word of disclaimer at the top of the program. We don't offer many of them, but on today's program, I will warn you that if I happen to sneeze in your ear, (laughs) it is quite unintentional and the product of um, springy in full bloom. And uh, I just, you know, when you've been in the house so much, opening the doors, getting a little fresh air, good thing to do, but um, along with it comes the pollen. So if I happen to sneeze in your ear, please uh, (laughs) forgive me. I, I apologize in advance. Hey, we've got a lot of important things to talk about today. A little bit later on, Dr. Alex McFarland is going to join us. Did you see the story? There's a lawsuit, details of which I'll share in a little bit, but there's a lawsuit that involves a rapper and a shoe that is emblazoned with satanic symbols. And I just, you know... You got to wonder what's going on in this country and uh, why we invest so much time in so many crazy things. And uh, we'll talk a bit about the hazards of uh, playing with the devil, as Dr. Alex McFarland, well-known religion and culture expert and Christian apologist, joins us a little bit later on in the program. I want to talk for a moment with our first guest tonight about a relatively recent past member of the United States Supreme Court who, on a visit in Egypt, not quite a decade ago, said, and you always love it when people are overseas criticizing their own country, but this... uh, now former member of the United States Supreme Court said on Egyptian television that, and I'm quoting, if I were to draft a constitution today, I would not look to the U.S. Constitution for guidance, but rather the Constitution of South Africa. And I continue to quote, that was a deliberate attempt to have a fundamental instrument of government that embraced basic human rights. Now, interestingly enough, the South African Bill of Rights, four times larger than our own Bill of Rights, begins by saying, and I quote, affirms the democratic values of human dignity, equality, and freedom, and guarantees the full and equal enjoyment of all rights and freedoms. Among the more than 35 categories containing scores of highly detailed rights include the right to life, Freedom of artistic creativity, okay. Fair labor practices, sufficient food and water, access to adequate housing, 
But of course, there's always a little bit of an asterisk, a footnote that says that South African law may be limited to the extent that the limitation is reasonable and justifiable in an open and democratic society. So what the big print giveth, the little print give, taketh away. But I find it fascinating that here she is suggesting, Ruth Gator Binsberg, that the South African Bill of Rights is superior to our own Bill of Rights. And isn't it odd who someone who continuously affirmed death rather looks to that Constitution as a great example of affirming life. Joining me now is Brian Johnston, Western Regional Director with the National Right to Life Committee, host of Life Matters, heard every Saturday morning at 11 a.m. here on KFAX. And uh, Brian, I suppose, um, not unlike other past members of the high court, um, the double-mindedness and inconsistency appears to know no limits. This is another classic example of just that. Oh, you are just nailing it, nailing it, Craig, and I hope people understand. The only reason you sit as a Supreme Court justice is you swear to uphold that very Constitution. That is your reason for existence, you might say. That's the only reason you're there. But there's so much more with Ruth Bader Ginsburg that people haven't really been told. And we're seeing, I'm glad you pointed out about the language game, that was played on the South African nation and in the name of racism. And there is such a thing as racism, by the way. There's also its opposite. And if you judge, as Martin Luther King said, if you judge people by the color of their skin and not the content of your character, that's racism. That is racism. But we're seeing this language game we saw used today even by the President of the United States in describing this incredible new bill that's going to save America. But let's get back to Ruth Bader Ginsburg. If you don't watch the language, if you don't understand we're in a battle of ideas, you're going to lose. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, interestingly enough, quoted directly from Karl Marx in some of her decisions. But if you've never read Karl Marx, you wouldn't know it. One of the things she said, and this had to do with the nature of the family, in debating one of the many issues that came to the court in terms of marriage, uh, the defense attorney for Ohio in defending the uh, traditional marriage laws there said that this is a tradition millennia old, one man, one woman. Ruth Bader Ginsburg was livid. From the bench, she rebuked him. No, we have struck that deficit of marriage. We cannot tolerate traditional marriage, civil marriage, or even common law marriage. One basic reason. The man is given authority. It's a patriarchal structure. When she said that, she is quoting directly from Marx and Engels in the nature of family, property, and the law. But there's more. <laughs> That's right. There's more, folks. You need to understand that Marx himself and the communist ideology sees abortion as the essential starting point, because if a mother has a child and decides to nurture and care for that child, nature says that will become her dominant role, and she will need a man to help in that family. And then, according to Marx and Engels, uh-oh, 
then they're going to want to have property to care for this family. So for Marx and Engels, basically the family is the enemy of the true world order, that beautiful new messianic world. And you see this clearly in Marxism if you ever read it. And the scholars in the audience will know what I'm saying. Marxism is decidedly committed to destroy the family. And the way it does do is through abortion. Because unless women can cut off that nurturing instinct, they will want to form a family. And we have to prevent that. Abortion is the tool to do that. Trotsky said it explicitly. Explicitly. There's even more. <laughs> There's even more. But this ties to Ruth Bader Ginsburg. The media never told you about this. It's never been discussed. Even i got to tell you, as I read these, even good folks don't talk about this that should know better. But the Marxist ideology has crept into our government system pretty strongly. People are willing to throw the Constitution out. As you just said, she admitted it in Egypt. Many people right now are admitting it on the floor of the Senate, on the floor of Congress. They want the Constitution thrown out. But the Constitution is what affirms that there's natural law. And in natural law, there's certain principles. And one of the first in nature tells us this, is that a mother is going to naturally want to care for their child. That's in natural law. Marxism is at war with sound ideas. Marxism wants to put a brave new world in place. And finally, if you want an example of why this is so amazing, scholars that have studied Russian history know very well that Trotsky and Stalin came to blows. And ultimately, Trotsky wrote a work that was called The Betrayal of the Revolution. And my friends, you know what the betrayal was? They had legalized abortion first thing in 1917 in Russia. But what happened is their population was dropping. And then as Stalin became the bureaucrat that he was, he said, we have to start paying women to have babies. Trotsky said that's a betrayal of the revolution. Because if you're using the state to encourage motherhood, you're encouraging the destruction of the state because they're going to want to start forming families. And he literally broke with Stalin because Stalin wanted more kids and people weren't having more kids. And so when he made that decision, Trotsky said, you have been a sellout. You, you think the traditional family, you think having babies, you think mothers caring for the children, it's the state that owns the children. And when children are born, they are property of the state. They need to be turned over at the earliest age for the state to nurture them, for the, the mother to be the state. And all the resources of government should go to raise these children who will simply be cogs in our wheel, the wheel of history. Human life is cheap in the Marxist worldview. And it's very clear that the starting point in Marxist writings are clear. Abortion is the way you cheapen life and ensure that a society that welcomes and uses abortion is cheapening life and bringing about the new world order. So it's stunning when you see that our own justices of the court freely quoted from that. Freely quoted and rebuked representatives of the various states who wanted to preserve the nature of the family in their state. 
rebuke them using the writings of Karl Marx and Trotsky and Engels. And of course, what's so disquieting in all of this is that it is the slow creep of this ideology into virtually every labor of our society and government today. We see it promoted in the government school system. We certainly see it promoted in social service type programs, those that in particular devalue the importance of things like family and motherhood and uh, wish to elevate, um, how should we say, the utilitarian use of gifts, gifts that are given to us by God, whether it be the gift of life or the gift of uh, rights. Uh, the Constitution, of course, um, does not grant rights, but rather protects rights acknowledged as given by very God himself. And it's dangerous territory that we slip into when we are not aware of the many subtle ways in which this little bit of leaven leaveneth the whole loaf. So I appreciate what Brian does in bringing many of these insights to us. And, of course, you can get all of them in a deeper fashion every Saturday morning at 11 a.m. on Life Matters, a program that Brian hosts where he goes into the backstory behind the issues, news of the day, as well as legislation, current and pending, that impacts the right to life. The broadcast, again, Saturday mornings at 11 a.m. You can get more information, by the way, on the web by going to californiaprolife.org. That's californiaprolife.org. And the broadcast, Saturdays at 11, Life Matters here on KFAX with Brian Johnson. All right, we're at 518. Let's get you updated on some traffic right now. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. All right, a brief math lesson, and I want you to bear with me for a moment. This will all make sense. <laughs> Though there are days. <laughs> you listen to this show consistently, there are days you might wonder whether or not anything I say makes sense. But bear with me here. So, if you were to go into one of the major um, fast food chains, you would find that a large order of fries weighing 5.9 ounces cost you $1.89. If you dropped into one of the big box stores and picked up a 20-pound bag of potatoes for $11.39, you would quickly discover that the large fries for which you pay $1.89 for actually cost the big retail chain, the fast food chain, 20 cents to provide you which means it's a 845% markup. Think about that the next time you go to buy fries. Better still, the next time your son and daughter, maybe soon as they head back to school here, say, Mom, Dad, I need a new pair of shoes. Be mindful that the brand new pair of insert major brand here that can cost as much as $1,000 a pair actually costs the manufacturer $16 to make, a markup of 6,400%. Clearly, the people selling French fries ought to be in the shoes business. I say all that to say that not only is it an apparent degree of madness for people that are willing to pay over $1,000 for a pair of shoes that in reality only cost the manufacturer $16 to make, but then you have to wonder what goes through the mind of a manufacturer who says... 
We're going to make a new pair of shoes to sell them to foolish people that don't mind paying a 6,400% markup, and we'll emblazon them with satanic symbolism and messages. Hey, there's a marketing idea. Now, if you think that is the part where my conversation with you got crazy, well... <laughs> There's more to this story. Joining me now is Dr. Alex McFarland. He is a religion and culture expert. He is one of the leading Christian apologists in our nation, the author of a number of best-selling books, including his latest, The Assault on America, How to Defend Our Nation Before It's Too Late. And Dr. McFarland, always a delight to have you join us. Well, thank you, Craig. It's always an honor to be on. I want to say how much I appreciate the opportunity and how much I appreciate the way that you think and all that you communicate. Well, I appreciate that. Even if we're giving <laughs> basic lessons in, in manufacturing markup percentiles. But it does demonstrate, I think, at a couple of levels, not only are Americans gullible oftentimes when it comes to how much we're willing to shell out of our hard-earned money to buy products, but then, too, the disconnect. There is such a drive to be unique and different and stand out from the crowd. We have to wear a coat that's got a brand name on it. We like to have it on the sleeve if we can so we can show all of our friends what good taste we have, even if it goes as far as purchasing shoes that contain satanic symbols. Now, I understand that the manufacturer who owns the logo on these shoes, Nike, has actually filed a trademark infringement suit against the manufacturer of this product, um, MSCHA, or Mischief Product Studio, Inc., and the right. rapper after whom these shoes are being marketed. And I have to wonder to myself, what kind of thinking person would want to run around wearing a pair of sneakers that are emblazoned with 666 on them? They have a reference to Luke... 18, Luke 10, 18, rather, and allegedly yeah. in the liquid portion below contain a drop of blood. I saw the story and I thought, this has got to be a column out of the onion. Nobody in their right mind would really look at this and say, yeah, I'm going to drop a, a grand for these. But apparently they've already sold out. Oh, yeah. And I mean, some of the, the quote-unquote Satan shoes are on uh, eBay now, there's one pair on, on eBay that's $4,700, and it's got like 32 bids. Craig, I've got to believe Satan is lurking back in the shadows saying, I cannot believe how easy this is. You know, ensnaring the souls of people, uh, people being damned and condemned to an etern eternity without Christ. I, can, I am not believing how easy this is. That, that might be what the devil is thinking, but, you know, I want to say Satan is real, the, the devil is real. I read an article because uh, the question is, Craig, had there not been such a, a kerfluffle and a dust-up and a pushback, not only from conservatives, but just from rational, sane people, you know, Nike lost enough market share with uh, their uh, endorsement of Colin Kaepernick, and now, you know, uh, a lot of people are saying, look, I will never buy Nike products again. So Nike filed a cease and desist and is suing, you know, mischief um, design studios. But here's the question that, that I'm thinking. You know, I wrote in this article, you know, Nike has a new celebrity endorser, the devil. <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. people, 
people have lost their mind, and they are trifling with spiritual realities that just don't comprehend how dangerous uh, it is. Would you agree? I would, and you know, I mean, as much as I, I started our conversation by poking fun at how foolish it is to pay that much for a pair of sneakers. By the way, I just went on eBay, and there is a, a pair. These are numbered, by the way. This is pair number 23 out of the 666, and they have it listed for um, immediate buy it now at $6,666.66. Now, maybe they're having a little bit of fun. I don't know. But to me, this is no laughing matter. In fact, when you start to no. meddle with the dark side, you are moving into extremely dangerous territory. And, and sadly, the devil loves to come as an angel of light. He loves to come and, and hide as, as the, the lamb dressed up in the proverbial sheep's clothing to ensnare us. And, and that, I think, is what's so troubling. You know, it, it, it's one thing for manufacturers to think that they've got some glitzy, cute marketing gimmick that they can use it to, to uh, you know, extract money out of, out of um, largely ignorant consumers. But when we start looking at the broader spiritual implications of all of this, it's something that ought to upset and, and be of great concern for every believer that's out there. Yeah. Um, let, let me share something. I interviewed a psychologist that was doing a study on mental patients that had dabbled in the occult. And, Craig, this was about 15 years ago. And this particular psychologist uh, is a born-again Christian, but he was um, interviewing people at some very, very respected universities around the country, and he was, he was going to write a book about the connection between uh, men mental illness and really occult activity, and among the occult activities, uh, Satanism. All right, and he interviewed uh, a number of uh, psychiatrists and psychologists around the country. Now, you've got to understand, this, um, this study was primarily not a Christian study. It wasn't necessarily a condemnation of occult activity or a condemnation even of Satanism. It was merely um, research about people that had mental illness, and they also happened to have been involved in occult activity, or even just a, an unhealthy interest in things like uh, paranormal activity. You with me so far? Yep. Um, so here's the thing. What he found out was, and I mean, he was, he was interviewing psychiatrists and psychologists and mental health caseworkers at a number of universities, uh, East Coast, West Coast, Middle America. What he found out was of uh, counselors and mental health professionals that deal with people who are heavily involved in the occult, uh, there's a lot of in insanity, there's a lot of uh, suicide attempts. He even, and I, I believe me, I know this sounds crazy, and I know there are probably some of your listeners that are going to uh, be dismissive of what I'm about to say, but this guy was um, in Michigan at Michigan State interviewing some people, and he said, look, uh, this patient claims to be able to um, contact spirits, and this guy, in whispered tones, was talking about objects in his apartment were moving like 
a bookend flew off of a mantle and almost hit him. And he said, look, I'm not going to discuss this further. I can't explain it, uh, but run. Leave this stuff alone. And this was a book. This was going to be a, a fairly major academic work that did not get written. Why am I telling you all this? My point is, look, folks, demons and Satan are real. There, there are two extremes that I, I think uh, Satan, who the Bible says is the enemy of our souls, um, John 10, verse 10, Jesus warned that Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Now, on, one, on the one hand, some people deny the existence of Satan or demons, and other people have an unhealthy interest too much. Those, those are two extremes, and I think either one is dangerous. To deny the reality of Satan is to believe something that's false, or to be so obsessed that's not healthy either. I think a balanced uh, and safe approach is to say, look, Satan is real, but so is God. And God is more powerful, and Jesus was victorious over the grave. But uh, we could talk more about this. My point being, Lil Nas Montero Hill, the rapper, and the designers that are uh, MSCHF, they're, they're fools and pawns. They, they do not know what they're doing, and they're dabbling in something that might be a quick buck, but it jeopardizes the souls of people, and it jeopardizes their own souls as well. And it's nothing to be playing around with. I, I know that oftentimes no. we like to be no. dismissive, and we think of you know Satan in the red costume with the pitchfork and uh, the pointy hat and so forth, and we think character. it's all in... Yeah, we think it's all in good fun, but it's not. It, it's serious business, and that's the reason why we felt it was important to make people aware of this. That If your kid comes home and says, hey, I'd like to have X, it is important as a parent to be asking these kinds of questions. The questions. And I say, Craig, well, stop, guys. C can you really be serious in saying that there is potential spiritual harm in buying a pair of tennis shoes? Well, we're going to break that down a little bit deeper as our conversation with leading Christian apologist and best-selling author, Dr. Alex McFarland, continues. We take this brief time out, an update on traffic, back with more. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. All right, well, back to our conversation. Christian apologist, best-selling author, Dr. Alex McFarland is with us today. We started with a bit of a, uh, a markup lesson in just how ridiculous sometimes apparel in particular um, the, the pricing markup can be. But the, the bigger, important, more important lesson here is not the impact of your budget but the impact of your soul, particularly when the apparel that we're referring to, as in this case, is a pair of Nike red and black Satan shoes that has 666 emblazed it on the side, a reference to Luke 1018, and red liquid at the bottom that allegedly contains a drop of blood. Now, I've got to believe, Dr. McFarland, that for young people and individuals that are shall we say, less than disconcerting, um, they, they, they might think that's a cool thing. I would suspect it's a marketing ploy, and it doesn't really contain any blood. But regardless, the potential danger here, and that's what I want to get to. Some parents might be listening right now thinking, guys, you know, isn't this an awful lot to do about nothing? I mean, shouldn't we be more concerned about teaching our kids the dangers of 
becoming a victim of a, a, a pedophile or a sex trafficking as opposed to talking about becoming victims to Satan? Yeah, yeah, you know, and, oh, my goodness, you know, we could talk about the spiritual implications or just really the societal implications, because, um, Craig, we're living at a time where it's, it's chic and it's hip to be a rebel, a radical, you know. Uh, I go against the flow. I play by my own rules. And yet, uh, really, I would say that the chaos and, and the anarchy and, and the militant autonomy that people seem to demand for themselves is really indicative that we are in a state of judgment. And there, there are a lot of reasons of why I would say that our nation is under judgment. There are a lot of things I could point to that were circumstances that brought us here. But, but let me say this. Uh, a, a country with no um, national borders a country that has no moral boundaries, a country that no longer lives within the rule of law or the parameters of its own constitution. This is not a good thing. You know, I mean, this is, uh, I think about Judges 5.8, speaking of ancient Israel, it says, when they chose new gods, there was chaos within the gates. Um, you know, to be radical, oh, I'm, I don't answer to anybody. I even wear shoes that are, you know, are satanic with a pentagram and a drop of blood. Uh, this is not a good thing. This is not a good thing. But Craig, it, I, it really I, fostering I, that 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 sense of a rebellious spirit, isn't it? I mean, I mean, and 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 kid yeah. for kids that that you know we we get that we understand that you know from the time they're born the desire to want to rebel against authority seems to kind of be innate to the the human condition to uh, to man's fallen condition. Uh, the, the the sad thing is it it's one deal to try and uh, um, not succumb to a parent's authority when you're a teenager. But when ultimately the goal is to not give in to God's authority, now we're, we're, we're really entering into dangerous territory. Yeah, exactly. I mean, first of all, I would bet money that, and I don't gamble, I've never bet on anything, but I would with a fair degree of confidence bet that there is not a drop of human blood uh, in that shoe because it would be a biohazard. And... Uh, you know, the lawsuit with Nike would just be one of that design studio's problems. Uh, that's just probably some marketing hype. But, uh, again, you know, when we're talking about Lucifer. We're talking about the fallen angel, Satan, and the demons. Uh, our, our country, and, and I'm going to speak as a, as a Christian and as a, as a minister and, well, as a theologian, Craig, I would say that our, our country is demonized right now, um, that Satan is really acting. Uh, the Bible says that satanic activity will be one of the signs of the end times. The devil will become very brazen because he knows that his time is short. There is a day when Christ will return, and that's why, Craig, I would say to everyone listening, uh, have your house in order. And by that I mean... If you've never repented of sin and put your faith in Jesus Christ, you need to do that. This weekend, we commemorate uh, one of the most documentable facts of, of history, that Christ rose from the dead. The resurrection proves that Jesus is the Son of God, the one and only Savior. So, Craig, for everyone listening, I would just uh, implore them, if you've never opened your heart to Christ and been 
saved, do that and ask for forgiveness of your sins. Put your faith in Jesus who paid our sin on the cross. Because, you know, with 50 years of, you know, no-fault divorce, abortion, no legal protection for the unborn, the mainstreaming of sexual deviancy, homosexuality, now redefining marriage, transgenderism, the erasing of of our knowledge of moral boundaries, the glorification of evil. Uh, we are a demonized nation. And, Craig, we've got churches and ministers that, that really are not conducting their church under the authority of Scripture, not really preaching uh, the seriousness of sin and how people can be saved. Um, I, I think Satan has at least a foothold on many lives within this country, and sadly, <laughs> we've given him that foothold. Um, if you're enamored with these these shoes, this very foolish, ungodly marketing ploy for these shoes, you know, I I hope people would wise up and burn these things, repent of this sin, and turn to Christ, because Satan is a liar and a deceiver. Our, our nation needs the living Lord, not the lying. Dr. Alex McFarland with us tonight. We're going to continue the conversation right after an update on traffic. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. I'm old enough to remember back in the late 70s, early 80s, a bit of a surge in interest in the dark side, things of the occult, people dabbling in Wicca and witchcraft and and what have you. And, um, you know, even going back to the um, early 1970s with things like the emergence of Anton LaVey in the Church of Satan based right here in San Francisco. And I think many people in those days were appalled by all of the interest and the experimentation. And for a season, it seemed as if um, it kind of lost its charm. I hate to even use that phraseology, but it, it, the, the interest in such matters waned. Now what's most troubling is that it's coming back, and it's coming back not with a vengeance, but in a very subtle matter, manner, in such a fashion that People are not even paying any attention to it. That we don't think twice about our kids wanting a new pair of sneakers, only to find out the sneakers apparently seem to be dedicated to the devil himself. Dr. Alex McFarland with us today. He is a religion and culture expert, one of the leading Christian apologists of our nation, best-selling author of quite a number of books, most recently, The Assault on America, How to Defend Our Nation Before It's Too Late. You can get more information, by the way, on the web about the book, order it online at alexmcfarland.com. That's alexmcfarland.com. I guess the big question here, you know, with the enemy, as we're told in John 10.10, 10, runs about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, and that often is true. But we also have to be mindful that sometimes he just sneaks in through a knothole in the fence and dressed as a lamb, we think, well, there can't be any harm here. And before you know it, we become consumed. Is this an example of that? Yeah, Craig, I think it is. I, I, I really do. I, I mean, you know, many people have said, C.S. Lewis, the great scholar, said this, you know, that uh, one of the things that probably the, the, the devil is very pleased with 
are the mischaracterizations people have, the mis, uh, misunderstandings. Uh, some say, well, you know, there is no Satan, just evil things here on earth, sin or evil here on earth. That's all that, you know, would be satanic or whatever. Uh, and then other people, you know, like we talked about earlier, this caricature of, you know, some little imp in red pajamas. No, uh, Satan was one of the highest created angels. If you read Isaiah 14, he uh, tried to overthrow heaven. And you read in the book of Revelation that basically one-third of the angels joined Lucifer in a failed coup attempt of heaven. And the, the Luke ten eighteen verse that is emblazoned on these shoes, uh, where Jesus said that Satan was cast out of heaven like a bolt of lightning, Okay, the fallen angels are now demons. How many are in the air all around us? I don't know, but it was it was a large number. But, folks, here is all of humanity summarized, really. All of the murder, the tears, the sadness, the heartbreak, the wars, the violence, from, you know, uh, Cain killing his brother Abel all the way to the... Uh, <laughs> the lives of the Democrat Party, everything from murder to stolen elections. Here is history. Look, Satan could not kill God, so he's tried to harm and debase and defile the ones made in God's image, the human race. Humans were made to have a relationship with their Creator. That comes about through Jesus Christ. So Satan, who could not kill the creator god he certainly tried to harm and kill those made in god's image that's basically the key to understanding history craig i believe the the fight between righteousness and and satanism really and oddly enough it's it's becoming a a battle that's being waged not just for uh, the very hearts and minds of our youth in this nation today but now they've figured out a way how to make money with it. By the way, and this will shock you, um, I mentioned about the one pair of shoes that are online right now at eBay. Here's another pair. I'd never believe it if I didn't see it with my own eyes. Um, so far, there are a total of 23 bids. The highest is $4,750 for a size uh, 12 large for these Satan shoes. People are willing to separate almost $5,000 for a pair of shoes that cost $16 to make and uh, are emblazoned with um, the uh, Satanic symbolism all over. Uh, how do parents, as we wrap our time up together, Dr. McFarland, how do parents broach this topic to warn their children of the kind of danger that they're heading into? I mean, clearly these are not young kids that are willing to shell out um, five grand for a $16 pair of satanic shoes. They're very stupid, very ignorant adults. But for the young people out there, how do parents go about helping kids understand that they're literally playing with fire? Uh, great question, Craig. Well, first of all, I think moms and dads need to be certain of their own uh, relationship with Christ, and they need to know that they have uh, invited the the one Savior, Jesus, into their life, and that they 
understand, you know, a biblical worldview. And from childhood up, you know, I think moms and dads, you know, need to uh, have their kids under the sound of the gospel. Um, the, the biggest stewardship issue that any of us will ever uh, ponder, second only to our, our responsibility to know God and to live our life in light of God's Word, uh, is the stewardship of parenting. And every mom and dad, they need to do their utmost to pass the Christian faith on to their children and help their kids understand uh, that God is real, God loves them, that God is all-powerful, and that Satan will not win, and that we are safe and secure in, in Jesus. So that's why it's imperative to live our life as a believer and to grow. And Craig, God has so many wonderful blessings for those who follow him. And I could share many scriptures, uh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, uh, Psalm 37, verse 4, Philippians 1, verse 6, Matthew 6, 33. Many scriptures I could say that, look, God has blessing and life and favor, not only salvation and a home in heaven, but wonderful, wonderful blessings in this life. But we must live for truth and the one who is the foundation of truth, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. So moms and dads, not only the souls of your children, but frankly the future of our country depend on Christ. I mean, I, I could, <laughs> I know we don't have time, but uh, everybody from George Washington to Chief Justice Earl Warren, Harry Truman, Ronald Reagan, even JFK, who said things like this, that the, the future of our country hangs on God and biblical truth. And so we're, we're in a spiritual battle that each one of us can be a participant in spiritual victory. Dr. Alex McFarland, the book, as we referred to earlier, not really discussed about tonight, but a book that'll be, I think, a handy companion to going deeper into this subject matter is called The Assault on America, How to Defend Our Nation Before It's Too Late. Uh, newly published by Harrison House. You'll find it available, the usual suspects, Amazon.com, and also certainly through Dr. McFarland's website, AlexMcFarland.com. That's Alex McFarland. Dot com. And our thanks to Dr. Alex McFarland for being with us on this Wednesday edition of Lifeline. Six o'clock from KFAX to get you an update on traffic.